Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from the book of Esther about how Mordecai prayed for Esther and encouraged her by giving her a vision for life as her guardian father. Now download this message for free at friendshipwithgod.org and iTunes. Now as we approach Christmas just a few weeks away and Hanukkah starts on November 27th, we've got a great offer for you. Tom Cantor's written a 17-page gospel track called How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas. Now, this track will help you to reach lost Jewish people as you encounter them at the malls, at their businesses, maybe even a neighbor, coworker, or family member, or someone you know that's Jewish. It's a great tool to evangelize Gentiles as well. We've got a limited supply of them. How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas by Tom Cantor. They're available today for a donation of any amount. Call us at 1-800-247-3051. one 800 247 3051. Your donation helps us to stay on the air on this station, 1-800-247-3051. It's also tax deductible, and none of your donation goes for administration support. 100% of your donation goes to keeping this teaching program on the air, and we match that support towards Israel Restoration Ministries and helping to reach over 1 million lost Jewish people a year as we take the gospel door-to-door and go to reach the Jews and the Gentiles. Because there is a blessing in that from Genesis 12, 3, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And we go to the Jew first with the gospel at Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program. Join us, support us. We'd like your help and your support and knowing that this radio program continues as well as our outreach ministry. So call us today at 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. We'd like you to support this Jewish outreach ministry and this radio program that reaches Jews and Gentiles. But call us today with your support, 1-800-247-3051. You can get the booklet, How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas, or you can donate online at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue our study from the book of Esther on the Friendship with God radio program every Thursday and Friday, all the way up until Purim on March 15th. First, he tells them, the most important thing, kids, that you must do is just listen. Just hear. Just listen. Listen, he said. That's the most important thing. Why should they hear? Because this is not the instruction of anyone. This is the instruction of a father. And that's special. And that carries import. And let the words I'm saying to you become a part of what you know. So I already scared the little kid. It's a bad thing. Father's Day. So in other words, and look what a good father does here. He says to his children in verse 2, he says, I'm going to give you good doctrine. Good doctrine. It's law. It's not just any law. It's not just God's law. It's my law. He says, it's my law. And of course it's God's law. But he's telling his children it's more than God's law. It's become my law. It's the law for my life. And when I'm teaching you kids, I'm not reading out of a book. I haven't taken a course how to teach kids. I'm confessing to you what makes me tick. What makes me run. What's the fuel in my motor? You know, this is what I remember and appreciate about Pastor Jim so much, was how what he taught was a part of him. You couldn't separate the two. You know, when Pastor Jim would stand in this pulpit, he, in essence, was saying, forsake ye not my law, because God's law had become his law. And there was no religious compartment in Pastor Jim. There was no box that said religion on it. 
Okay? There was no door. There was no file cabinet that said religion or Sunday only. He didn't have that because it was his law for his whole life. Speaking of Pastor Jim today, pretty special day, as you mentioned. June 17, 2012, it's Sunday today. Exactly 39 years ago today, as I mentioned, which lets you know that I'm more than 39 years old, which none of you knew. <laughs> to the day on Sunday, June 17, 1973, Cheryl and I woke up that morning, come to church. It's almost a little strange. Been nine months pregnant, firstborn with David. Before we came to church, Cheryl knows something a little strange. She didn't tell anybody, me about it. We came to church, and here in this pulpit stood a young 48-year-old Pastor Jim Mater. And he preached a message on Father's Day. What else? Because it was Father's Day. And then Cheryl was sitting next to Cookie, and I was sitting next to Cheryl. I don't know where you were, Don, but anyways, that's the way it was. <laughs> and she leans over to Cookie, and she says, it's all wet. <laughs> and Cookie being a great expert, said, uh, your bag of water's broke. She said, oh, she said, the cookie said, you got to go to the hospital immediately. And she said, oh, no, Tom graduates today from UCSD. We have to go to graduation first. <laughs> so we went from church to UCSD, and here Dr. Harold Urey, the Nobel Prize winner for the atomic bomb, give his address. And then my mother and my father, who were divorced for many, many years, my father sat on this side of the audience, my mother sat on that side of the audience, the farthest they could get from each other, and uh, off we went. And right afterward, my father was an obstetrician gynecologist, so immediately he takes over, and he says, okay, we have to go immediately to the hospital. So in the entourage of cars, go down to Mercy Hospital, where I was a little nervous because Dr. McCandless, we were poor. Dr. McCandless didn't charge us anything for the delivery. And Mercy, we had a deal there that if I agreed to give a unit of blood, that the delivery would be free. Well, I faint at the sight of my own blood. It's a problem. Even though it's my business I'm in, I still do. Anyway, so I never did. So now I can go to them and say, okay, I'm ready to give the unit of blood, but now that I have cancer, so they won't take it, so I'm free now. But it's after 39 years, I don't want to die without going there and offering my unit of blood. But anyway, he was born. So then, you know, I was born there, and so I thought, well, okay, I'll come back here to the chapel, tell everybody. I came back here, the evening service, tell everybody. They started off testimony time. They asked everybody, where's the youngest father on Father's Day? I said, I am, you know, a couple hours, and I told everybody. So that was a triple-header day, graduation day, Father's Day, and uh, David's birthday. But I remember Jim so well on that morning service as he preached, and as it really came across, as I was trying to say from this, forsaking not my law. Now, notice in Proverbs 4.3, Solomon says that he was his father's son. So what Solomon was instructing his children with was what Solomon had been instructed by his father, who was, yeah, was King David, king of Israel. He, king David, king of Israel, he was a busy man. You can imagine. There were wars, there were buildings, there were all kinds of things. There were insurrections, there were a lot of things going on. But David, what this testimony is here, is David was not too busy to be a good teaching father to his son, Solomon. That speaks volumes to us. And it spoke volumes to Solomon. And what Solomon was saying to his kids was that, what my father did to me, I'm doing to you. And Mordecai, who took Esther for his own daughter, knew that by instructing her, he was setting into motion a pattern that for future generations was going to be repeated. And notice in verse 3 how it says, I was tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. Now, you notice how the word tender, well, that's weak, means weak. 
But then you notice how the word beloved is in italics. By putting the word in italics, beloved, it means the translators are indicating to us that the word doesn't appear in the original in the Hebrew, that they added it. So let's look at it the way it really reads. Tender and only in the sight of my mother. That word only is very important because it's not the word that we've been looking at in the past, echad, meaning one or unity or together. So he didn't say, you know, I was one with the rest of my brothers and sisters. I was together in her sight. But it's the other word, which is yechid, which means just one, only one. See, that's the word when Isaac, you remember, when God told Abraham to go and take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, into the land, get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering. That word only is the word yechid. God so loved the world that he gave his yechid, son, his only son. Although Greek and Hebrew are a little different, but doesn't matter. So what the point of this is this, is that she was saying, when my mother taught me, looked at me, spoke to me, I was the only one in her sight. She may have had 10 kids, but at that moment, when she spoke to me, she had blinders on. She couldn't see any other kid except me because she was focused on me. And this gets back to that certainness of that individuality. I was the only one. And when I talk to you, Solomon, to his kids, I'm going to look at each one of you as individuals. And when I address each one of you, I have nobody else in my sight, just you. And that's the way it is with God. When we meet with God in our personal, private, quiet time, it's like God has nobody else he's talking to at that time, just us. He has more ability. He can do many at one time. But anyway, so that's that certain individual. It's the concept of the blinders. And then it says, notice how it says, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. The word sight is the word face. It's the word face. And so it's not just like in the sight of my mother. Everything's in the sight of your mother. Your mother sees everything. Even things you don't think she's seeing. That's not what it means. It means I was full in the face. She was facing me. I had her full attention and I had her face was before me. And all of that was sending a message of I care, of I love. And so what did the good father do here in verse 4? He taught me also. He taught me also. See, this is the form of love. It's not just the I love you, but this is what love does. Love teaches. Love instructs. So what did Mordecai the good father do for Esther who he had taken for his own daughter, he taught her. He taught her also. And what are we as good fathers on Father's Day to do with our children? Teach them. Don't just send them to Christian school. Don't just send them to Sunday school. But teach them. Teach them. It's not just God's law. It's my law. Love God. And teach it that way. And what's the goal of the teaching? It's not just to give a good religious training. It's not to make sure they've memorized so many Bible verses. The goal is given at the last word in verse 4. You see it. The last word, verse 4. Live. It says live. That's what it's all about. Life. The teaching is to bring to life. How are we going to live? We live from the God of life. We live from the God of life. We go back and we understand that when God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, what we're seeing there is that God is the source of all life. And he became a living soul. He breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the life. 
We'll continue with Tom Cantor teaching us from the book of Esther in just a moment. We wanted to take this opportunity to share with you again another testimony from Israel Restoration Ministries. Now, we were out in Brooklyn recently, Brooklyn, New York. We were giving out gospel gifts to the Jewish people that are out there. It's the, got the largest population of Jewish people in America, and especially Orthodox people. And we were giving out Frequently Asked Questions book by Tom Cantor to all the Jewish people encountered, which was pretty much every door. And there was actually a woman that we reached with, uh, we had dozens of missionaries out there going door to door, but one of the missionaries happened to just leave a gift behind at a Jewish door, and it was either their name on the door or a mezuzah that indicated it was a Jewish household. And later she got the gift when she got home, and she was so convicted, the Holy Spirit had been working on her heart, she looked at the materials, and she was so compelled to get some additional help that she didn't call Israel Restoration Ministries. But she actually walked over to the Jews for Jesus offices that were nearby in her neighborhood because she had questions about the Lord Jesus Christ as her Messiah. Someone was able to sit down with her and help her. Now, it wasn't our missionaries that did it, but it's great when we know that IRM, Israel Restoration Ministries, and Jews for Jesus are united and that we share the same cause to see Jewish people saved and changed for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Paul planted and Apollos watered. And it's always God who gives the increase. And we see that scriptural team in Jews for Jesus as well as Israel Restoration Ministries as we are a very evangelistic ministry getting the gospel out to millions and millions of lost Jewish people. We want you to be a part of this type of ministry that's reaching lost Jewish people with the gospel, giving them the answers that they have to the questions of eternal life, to forgiveness of sins, to what is sin and how can they have forgiveness of breaking God's commandments and What does being Jewish mean? Did they lose that in becoming a Christian? All those questions get answered with the materials we put out in 18 Jewish cities around the United States, reaching millions of lost Jewish people. We want you to have a part in that and hearing some of these testimonies and receiving them. So if you'd like to support this cause, Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program, you can donate online at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can do that now or after the show at friendshipwithgod.org. Or you can call us now or after the show at 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Help us to get the gospel out to the Jew first, as well as to the Gentiles. 1-800-247-3051. This is a ministry that you can support that reaches Jewish people with the gospel, as well as Gentiles. Again, 1-800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue our study from the book of Esther, on the Friendship with God radio program. How did Mordecai live? By his personal life with the God of life, the Lord Jesus Christ, known at that time as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How was Mordecai, who took Esther as his own daughter, going to bring Esther to live, as it says in Proverbs 4, by teaching her to have her own personal life with the God of life, the Lord Jesus Christ, known at that time as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He trained her, don't depart from this, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So our passage in Esther 2.20 says that Esther had not shown her kindred nor her people as Mordecai had charged her, for Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like as when she was brought up with them. She didn't have to. She was a very powerful lady there. But she didn't have to, but she did. Now, the other thing that Mordecai did, which is very important for us to do as fathers, is that he encouraged her by giving her a vision. Giving her a vision. He was a good father. And things that happened in their lives became part of her DNA, so to speak. 
We saw in our last study how undoubtedly Esther was taught about Sarah, you know, part of your people, Esther, Sarah, also very pretty, but obeyed God. And just as Mordecai took Esther, the orphan, for his own daughter, it was a very powerful example, and she should think to herself, I'm going to be like my father, Mordecai. I'm going to be like him. Even if it's at risk, I'll do the right thing. I'll step out when it even is at risk to me. And so Esther saw this when she was little in Mordecai's house. And later, when Mordecai heard of the conspiracy against the king, which we read about in this chapter, Mordecai took a risk to himself to save the king. But when Esther saw that, you know what she said? That's my dad. He wouldn't do it any other way. I grew up with him. I know him. And experiences that children have in their youth have very lasting impressions. You know, another woman in Jewish history, like Esther, was Golda Meir. Golda Meir, she was born in Kiev, Russia, and uh, she wrote in her autobiography about the earliest memories that she had of her father in Russia and was of him boarding up the front door to their house because there was a rumor that a pogrom was coming to kill Jews. So here's this little girl, about four or five years old, watching her father protect her Jewish home and she grows up to do what? To protect the Jewish nation from the Yom Kippur War. So about childhood experience in Russia, so important, she wrote, for the direction which my life has taken, it is my desire determination to save Jewish children from a similar experience. Those are like what I think too, only the experience is one of hell. And her mother used to call Gold. she was a troublemaker, Golda, I identify with her. They used to call her a kochlefel, which means a stirring spoon, because in Yiddish, because she was always stirring up trouble. And, um, for example, in Milwaukee, when one of her classmates shouted an anti-Semitic remark to one of her Jewish girlfriends, Golda organized a big demonstration of all the kids in front of the boy's house to protest his anti-Semitism. That's what she was like. Well, who knew that that little girl was going to grow up to protest the world's anti-Semitism and be one of the ones who signed the uh, Israel's Declaration of Independence and of Statehood? And at the age of eight in Milwaukee, her mother was running a grocery store And when her mother had to leave to go buy supplies, she left little eight-year-old Golda in charge of the store to guard it. Uh, Who knew the experience of that little girl would grow up to be in charge of the nation of Israel to guard it. So like Esther, she faithfully guarded the Jewish nation. She was fearless. She disguised herself one time as an Arab, slipped into Jordan through the streets to get into by the palace to go have a meeting with King Hussein in order to get a promise not to attack Israel, which she wasn't successful doing. When she met with President Nixon, he told her that, President Nixon told her that he would trade any three American generals for General Moshe Dayan. Golda said, okay, it's a deal. She said, I'll take General Motors, General Electric, and General Dynamics. (laughs) A lot of my admiration for her. When she was three years older than me, like me, she got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. But in order to not jeopardize the security of the nation of Israel, she kept it a secret, and nobody knew. It's doubtful she ever took chemo. And with sheer willpower, she secretly fought that cancer and that pain for 16 years until after the Yom Kippur War and after she retired, and then she, that eventually killed her. Mordecai was a good father to Esther because he showed her by his own example to not be afraid to risk your life in order to save your own people. And she was brought up in his house. And then when she was brought, it says, also into 
the king's house in verse 8. Mordecai was a good parent, a good father, because Mordecai knew when to let go, and like the phrase says, let God. In other words, he understood, Mordecai understood, that he was very much like Hannah, you time you look at it later, 1 Samuel 1, 27, 28, where it says that she prayed for the boy, Samuel. And it says, and then when he was born, she said, for this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him, therefore also I have lent him, or given him, to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent, or given, to the Lord. There. And so he understood that. Mordecai understood that. But, so he trained her for the time when she would no longer be under the protection of his house, but he trained her to stay under the protection of God's house. And so she was protected there in that place. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him to deliver them. And then we see Mordecai in uh, verse 11, Mordecai, Mordecai walked every day before the court of the woman's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Mordecai prayed for Esther every day. Fathers, Mordecai prayed for his daughter every day. Do we pray for our children? And I don't just mean put them down on a list that we read off. But I mean praying. You know, it's like it says in, about uh, Elijah. It says he earnestly prayed. He prayed in his prayer. Remember in Sunday school we talked about the Jewish mother's form, a verb. It means he prayed, he prayed. This is prayed, he prayed. So he prayed. And you get this picture of Mordecai when he's walking back and forth every day out there. He's praying for Esther. He's praying for her every day. It's a good example for us. Well, Mordecai took Esther for his own daughter, and she saved a nation. And we can ask ourselves a question as fathers. Have we taken our children, really as our own children, with the responsibilities that God has for us to keep as children, and with respect to them so that we can present them to God? Look, God, I raised them for you. I hope you think I did a good job and give them to God, and then pray for them along the way. Let's be those kind of fathers today on Father's Day and take great courage and encouragement from Mordecai, who had everything going against him, but one thing going for him, God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that whatever all that Mordecai had going for him, we have. And you summed it up and you expressed it like this. If God be for us, who can be against us? And Lord, as fathers, we want to, oh, may we be half as responsible and diligent as uh, Mordecai was, as fathers today. Help us, Lord. Help us also to realize the great impact that there is to be faithful to you and and be God's fathers over God's children. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Now, recently, Tom Cantor made national news when he took his stance on creation and his museum, the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. As the president and operator of the museum, Tom Cantor responded through the media to the San Diego Museum Council, who had rejected the Creation and Earth History Museum for joining its board of museums. After the rejection, Tom Cantor made a statement that said, I'm afraid we're being opposed for nothing more than old prejudice against God, and that we're not aware of any other museum that had been denied being part of the San Diego Museum Council. 
So because of this news story, we'd like to offer you Tom Cantor's 48-page booklet, How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist. Now, Tom Cantor is not just a CEO or a radio Bible teacher, but Tom Cantor is a ministry founder and a pastor, and he's also a scientist. So this 48-page booklet talks about the scientific fallacy of evolution, as well as Tom Cantor's personal search for the truth of science, scriptures, and who is God. Now, we'd like to offer you this book for any donation of any amount. Tom Cantor's 48-page book, How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist, and call us today with your donation of any amount at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. And we can get you this book, How Would You Became a Scientific Creationist? Now, if you'd like to write us with a check or money order or supporting this ministry with a donation, you can do so at Friendship with God at P.O. Box 711 That's P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, that's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. So that's P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California, 92071. Now you can go to our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can donate online. You can also sign up for Tom Cantor's Daily Devotional Verse online at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find it available on Facebook if you search for Tom Cantor, Israel Restoration Ministries, or the Friendship with God radio program. So again, go to friendshipwithgod.org. You can download free copies of all the messages, or you can get them from iTunes. Or again, if you have any questions or would like to make a donation, call us 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week at the same time.